Okay, we had a little mishap back there. I'll tell you about that part of my message. <laughs> but I just want, first of all, to thank pastors Al and Carla for having me and my family. My twin girls aren't here this time. They stayed, said, don't hurry home. <laughs> They're having such a blast. And we are having a great marriage getaway as well as coming and ministering. So this is my husband, Steve. 27 years. <laughs> and I just want to thank you, Pastors Al and Carla. You know, I just think it's amazing that they've been pastoring for 34 years. Isn't that amazing? I honor you guys for doing that. That's awesome. Awesome. What a great church. What a, what a beautiful church this is. And that God's given you the building. I mean, that's awesome. I mean, that is just amazing. You know, I just, I get sad for churches when they have to set up every Sunday and then tear down. And then set up and then tear down. That's a lot of work. So I was happy to know that you have your own place and, uh, and good, just, it's just going up from here. I mean, it's just going up from here. So, love it. Okay, well, I'm not going to. I just felt I'm not going to bring my book and audio book up here. I'll just tell you we have it out. Is it right out there, I guess? Is that how you get there? Out in the lobby, I do have a book named I Tried Until I Almost Died. <laughs> From Anxiety and Frustration to Rest and Relaxation is the subtitle. And then I have an audio book I'm reading on the audio book. It's that book on audio, and I'm the one that reads it. And so that came out in November that the audio book did. And so if you want to, you can check that out afterwards. But I didn't, just didn't feel like I was supposed to bring it up, so get started. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you so much that we can stay in rest no matter what <laughs> because of Jesus. Thank you so much, Father, that this life is a life of rest. And I thank you so much for helping me get across exactly what you want to get across to these precious people today. In Jesus' name, I just receive your help right now. Holy Spirit, thank you so much. In Jesus' name, amen. That worship was awesome. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I was like jumping up and down. Wow, good job. Well, I don't know where the worship team is, but good job. That was awesome. That was just amazing. So, okay, well, the title of my message today is Effortless Living. And I'll just ask you a question. Is a life lived under grace effortless or not? I'll ask that again at the end of the message as well. <laughs> Let me start with this story. I had a conversation with my friend Renee. This has been a while back, and I know I put this, I have a blog, I have a website with a blog, and I put this story on my blog as well at that time. But here's how the conversation went. My friend Renee asked me, do you ask for God's grace over and over for the same thing? Good question, right? I said, me, I said, well, when I receive grace for something specific, if possible, I really stop for a moment and take the time to receive and thank God for his grace. I don't just keep trying to do what I know I need to do, but at the same time throw out a help me with your grace prayer. If I stay in rest for a while, but then after a period of time I begin to feel frustrated, I just stop what I'm doing and talk to God about it. Something like, Lord, 
I have obviously stopped receiving your grace. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for helping me switch gears here and follow your lead. So then I'm just receiving again, right? Now, God's grace, he's always giving us grace. The pipeline of God's grace is always open. It's never closed to us. But we can stop receiving what he wants to give us. And so through unbelief, through getting into self-effort mode, which is really unbelief, because when we're not believing in him, then we are instead believing in our own efforts that we can solve the problem. And so I told, then I said to her, or she said to me after I told her that, I needed to hear this. My personality is one that keeps plugging along, and then when I have had it, I say or whine, God, help me, please. By then, I am so frustrated with myself that I don't even think I can receive from him. Me, I said to her, this is exactly what I would do a lot in the past. Didn't work. I guess we could call it last resort grace, calling for help as a last resort. My friend, that's a catchy title, calling for grace as a last resort. How do you spell that? Where's your screen? <laughs> I think she's going to put something on the screen at this time. Oh, yeah. Is it there? Okay. <laughs> Frustrated. Oh, sorry. I'm probably mad. <laughs> you know, I gave her one list, then I gave her a second list. Sorry, Mary. <laughs> so, yeah, there you go. That's how you spell that. Frustrated. Calling for grace as a last resort. I mean, my goodness. And I did that for many, many years. And she's, she was learning. And actually, she's watching this live right now. Renee is. And I'm sure it's a good reminder to her because we all need to be reminded of that every day, right? And so what I do now that God's changed me, and I'm not going to be telling my testimony this morning, but that's what my book has, my testimony in it of how I lived for so many years. I told it last night and when we were at the farm there, um, Joseph Dequee, right, farm, and that was a wonderful event last night, and that's what I felt like I was supposed to do there. But if you want to get my testimony. Sometimes people come to the service and they think, well, I've heard her, so I don't need to get her book. But the, the book has my testimony, and it's so, it's like got all the scriptural backing for what I learned that first year of my grace journey, so, and beyond. So, but, but this morning, so I might refer to my testimony, but I'm not going to tell you how crazy I lived. <laughs> but I lived crazy. In fact, I don't even know how my husband stayed with me for the first 20 years of our marriage. I mean, I really was all over the map emotionally, and he didn't know what to expect when he came in the door at night because I was calling for God's grace. Really, I didn't even understand grace at the time. I would receive from him, maybe, but man, not until after I had exhausted all my own ways of trying to solve a problem. And so it was just frustrating, you know. And uh, But that's not the way God wants us to live. That's not his will for us. It's totally not his will. I, uh, one of the statements I say in my book is rest is our spiritual promised land. So he wants us to live, God wants us to live a life of rest. Let's, uh, you don't have to go here actually, but the next verse we will go to, I'll be nicer to you, tell you ahead of time. Hebrews 4.10 is where we'll go next. But first I want to just tell you that Hebrews 4 verse 3, the first part of that verse says, for only we who believe can enter his rest. And so that's what I wasn't doing. Really what I was believing, I just wasn't believing in him. <laughs> All those years, and, and just so you know, it was the first 34 years of my Christian life that I lived so 
frustrated, so worried about what everyone thought. And, uh, and I, was, I was just believing in my own way, my own strength, my own efforts of how to make everything work out. You know, when I went back here, um, what happened, and I, I believe it was God that I, I just was sitting in the front row going over my notes, and I thought, okay, I want my grace glasses. So, you know, Jackie even offered, you know, she said, I could have gone back and gotten them for you. But I'm telling you what, God had me covered <laughs> because I walked back there and Jackie said, you have a slit in your jeans. <laughs> and uh, I did not know it. That would not have been good <laughs> if I would have gotten up here. And so I had, you know, Steve had to come out and he had to get our clothes, my clothes out of the car. I had to find a different pair of jeans <laughs> and then get this. <laughs> I, I got what I thought was my pair of jeans just because they were blue and I knew I was looking for blue jeans. So I go into the bathroom and they're my husband's jeans. <laughs> I tried them on. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, Man, if those would have been that loose and that would have been my jeans, that would have been awesome. <laughs> but they weren't. They were Steve's. But mine are feeling kind of loose, too, because I'm tall and thin like a palm tree. Yeah, that's the truth about me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and so, <laughs> and so uh, then he had to go back out to the car. He's like Mr. Calm, you know, cool and collected. He had to go back out to the car, get all the clothes, and I had to put them on. But you know what? I was back there. Wasn't worried, wasn't freaked out. The jeans may have split even because I've gained some weight. And, you know, it, it's possible. It doesn't bother me because my security and my identity is not in that. It is not in that. In fact, I told, I told Carla this story um, when we were at dinner the other night. I said, I hadn't gained weight my whole life. And I could eat anything and not gain weight. And then at one point, you know, a number of years ago, I started gaining weight, just a little bit at a time, you know, and, um, but I believe I'm losing. I mean, I really am. I'm, God's showing me the right things to do, and it's, you know, it's really personal for each of us. I mean, he'll show us what to do for us, and, uh, and so it's, it's awesome, and I, I've never stopped believing. I did not give my clothes away. I refuse to give my clothes away. I will get back in those clothes in that closet. I guarantee you it's going to happen one day, and, um, but, uh, but I remember even, I'll tell this as part of the story, I went, this probably happened about three years ago, or maybe even four years ago, I went and had, I was just getting my, uh, just one little diamond in my ring that I had lost replaced because it had come out of my ring. And, and she said, she, they couldn't get my ring off, my finger. And uh, they, they did the Windex, everything, the ring wouldn't come off. So she said, the lady said, you know, you need to let us cut that off because that's not even good for you to have a ring on that's too tight, you know. And uh, so, but you know what I noticed? Because of the work that God's grace had done in my heart, and, and it was, I would have been freaked out. I mean, before the pre-grace revelation, Sandra, <laughs> and my change happened in 2012, and it's been a process, but I would have just been like, I'm just, I'm not worth anything because, you know, they had to cut my ring off. It didn't even phase me. I was just like, cut it off. It's okay. My identity is not in that. It's not in that. And God doesn't want our identity to be in anything except for the person we are in Christ Jesus. We are a child of God. That's where our identity is supposed to be. You know, our security, what makes us feel worth, you know, have worth and value, that we have worth and value. So that happened. 
And uh, I, I'm sure, because my, my ring is great now, and I mean, sometimes it's even loose, and that I'm going to have to get it tightened someday, <laughs> and that's going to happen. And, uh, but then now I have this happen with the jeans, right? But it didn't phase me. I mean, I'm in the bathroom laughing. I'm not kidding you. I was laughing hysterically in the bathroom because I think it's hilarious. And that's where God just wants us to live this life where we're just at rest. And we can do that when, when our security is in Christ. We really can. So, okay, Hebrews 4.10. For all who have entered into God's rest have rested from their labors of trying to lose weight in their own strength. I'm just adding that myself just as God did after creating the world, okay? Ah, oh, I love it. For all who have entered into God's rest have rested in their labors, from their labors, I'm sorry, just as God did after creating the world. Okay, Hebrews 4.11, you don't have to go here, talks about how we should strive to enter his rest. That is the one, maybe there's, I think it says strive to live at peace with all men. But I mean, I think besides that scripture, this is the only other scripture that talks about striving. Strive to live in rest. Isn't that amazing? That's the only thing we're supposed to be striving for. We're not supposed to strive to make something happen. I mean, we can just trust God in that. But to live in rest. And how we do that is by believing. Not in our, what I said last night at the event is, I learned, and I'm still learning, when, I, when I'm up here saying, that I live in so much peace now. I do. I mean, I probably live in peace like 95% of the time, regardless of my circumstances. But that doesn't mean that I always choose to live in peace. I'm not perfect, but I am perfect in Christ. And that's one thing that's helped me, is knowing in him I am perfect. So then when I live from my identity, because right believing leads to right living, then when I believe right, I live right, okay? Okay. And so now I just, I'm just able to rest in that. And it says, uh, talks about how we should strive to enter his rest. So I just love it. That's my, if I want to have a goal every day, just believe and rest in Jesus. And then let him work it out, because I know we have situations. I just had a situation right in there. But they don't have to change us. And the way that that can happen is we learn to trust in God because he's so faithful. And like they said this morning, I believe it was someone in the worship team said about the word. We learn to, to trust that the word is true. The word of God is true. And what it says, you know, does the word of God say that God is with me right now? It does. And so I don't have to try to preach a good message on my own, in my own strength. What I have to do is believe God is with me right now. And you know what? Every single time I do a speaking engagement, it's never, it's never been, this has never not happened. I walk away and I say, you did it again, God. And I mean, I know it's not me. It's him, but it's because I'm not trusting in myself. I'm not relying on myself. And to be honest with you, even if I got up here and, quote, failed in the world standards, I'm never a failure because I'm a success in Christ. And so... Man, when we have our identity rooted in him, it just changes everything. And it gives us so much confidence because before I was really, you know, the way I lived before I got a revelation of grace, I didn't have very much confidence at all. I was constantly second-guessing myself, constantly worried about what people were thinking about me, and it was because my faith was in myself, and that doesn't work. And so, but now that it's in Christ, I know he never fails. 
And so I just keep believing in him. And just, just like a little child, you know, um, I said last night, so many times Christians want, and I did this myself, so I'm not judging anyone else, but Steve and I, I mean, <laughs> we made the Christian life so complicated. I mean, ridiculous. I mean, even he said, you know, he would go to church as, as a young boy, and his whole goal in going to church, he would listen to the message and see how he was supposed to improve for the next week. Like it was, and that's, that's how I, you know, what my line of thought was as well as a Christian. It wasn't like it was just how I could improve myself, but it wasn't at all thinking about Jesus and what he's done for me. So it was what I could do for him, but I was never, I mean, almost never thinking about what he did for me. So now we've totally made the switch, and now we're just focusing on Jesus day in and day out and his finished work everything he's done for us and when a situation comes up we just go to the word either literally go to the word or in our mind if we have a scripture memorized and we just go what's what's god's word say in this situation and then we focus on that we focus on the good news and because of that then we just see we then we're believing right we're receiving his help because we're believing in god's word so you can't go by your circumstances and really, the more you live this grace life, you don't even want to because you're like, I can't make this work out by myself. You know, <laughs> I'm just going to trust in you, God, because there's just no hope for, for this to work out if I do it by myself. And so, because I've tried that, see, because I tried that for 34 years and it didn't work. And it left me very, very frustrated and anxious. And that is not God's will for us. See, what I, I came to a place after 34 years. I had to come to the end of myself. And I came to a place where I was like, oh, my goodness, this is not working the way I'm living my Christian life. It's not working, although I was kind of mad at that point. I was like, this is not working. <laughs> and then when I heard about grace and got the good news, I was like, I have been robbed. <laughs> How did I miss this? all these years and it was nobody's fault I was just deceived I was just deceived and I had that old covenant of law the veil was just over my eyes and um, I I just could not see it I could not see it until I came to the end of myself and told God I can't do this anymore okay because my and, and I was I did an interview with Pastor Al earlier this week so it's on his Facebook page if you want to go and look at it sometime it was about an hour long but he asked me, he said, what, was, what were you thinking was expected of you in your Christian life? And I said to be good, to be a good Christian, to treat people with kindness, to be loving, to be, you know, all these things. But you know what I didn't know is that's actually who I truly are, already am in Christ. So I was actually spending my first 34 years of my Christian life trying to be someone I already was. And it was very frustrating. So now... And it's a life of rest. And it's effortless. And it, when I say effortless, and I have a section in my book on this, the word effortless scares people sometimes. Because they're like, you know, well, it's not effortless. We have to work. You know, we actually have to work. But when I say effortless, when I say the Christian life is effortless, when, when lived under grace, okay, because there's a lot of Christians that aren't, they're actually under grace, because if you're a Christian, you're under God's grace, but they don't, they're living as if they're not under grace, you know, and that's what I did, so I know that. And, um, but when you live under grace, it is effortless. And I forgot what I was going to say. What was that? That doesn't make me feel bad. 
because I know who I am in Christ. Can't remember. It'll come back. Say it again. Oh, yes. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, the word effortless scares people. And because um, they think, you know, you got to work. Well, here's what happens. First of all, there is a difference between self-led efforts and spirit-led efforts, right? So, I mean, when you're being led by the spirit, and I'll give you a great example. I love to tell stories. When you're being led by the spirit, it is just life is effortless because you're just following the spirit's leading, you know? And, yes, you will do work. You'll still do work, but he even gives you the, the want to to do whatever you need to do. Like for us, I mean, we had to work to get here right? We had to work. We had to pack. Not my favorite thing, actually. And um, we had to do that. But he's given us the want to. Like, we, like there's no stopping me from doing whatever I need to do to tell the good news now. Because God set me free. And I don't care how hard I have to work. Now, I mean, I, I don't overwork to where I put work in front of my family or anything like that. But I'm just saying, I don't even think of that. It's like the want to is there now. So what happens when you're under grace is it changes your heart and all your I have to's like I have to read the Bible they turn into I want to's <laughs> that's what happens under grace so let me tell you a story about being led by the Spirit because I mean I love this life of being led by the Spirit because for the first 34 years I would override the Holy Spirit a lot and it was all about my plan and it was all because I had to get my list checked off every day or I wasn't worth anything in my mind. I was, really, but I was believing a whole bunch of lies. And so I, this morning, though, I um, saw a change, and I always notice these changes because, see, I, I'm really glad I have how I used to be to look back on because so, that's what, I'm just such a thankful person. And, I mean, I cannot get over what God's done in my life. And so then when I see a change... Then I just go, how I used to would have reacted in that situation. So here's what happened. We were at, we stayed at the bed and breakfast, the Joseph Dequi, um bed and breakfast. I don't know if it's exact exact word there. And um, right there on the farm is, is awesome. We had the whole house to ourselves <laughs> this weekend, my husband and I. Marriage getaway, oh yeah, it was awesome. And um, so there was a really sweet lady there named Alicia, Alicia. And she's the manager of the bed and breakfast, that one and the one in town as well. And it's really sweet. And uh, she, we, we talked a little bit yesterday when we were having breakfast, but this morning she came in to the room where we're at, and she was just talking. And I knew in my mind now I was thinking, after breakfast I'm going to go into the bed, back into the bedroom, and look over my notes for the service. And, uh, but she started talking to us. She was very friendly, and, um, and I just knew I need to listen to her. I want to listen to her story. Because, see, God's grace, before my plan, oh, no. No, 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 you can't get in the way of my plan. Because i gotta have, I got to do my plan or I'm not worth anything. But my worth isn't in what I accomplish anymore. Thank you, God. <laughs> I'm so excited. And, uh, <laughs> and so I was just, I just, we were just listening to her. She was telling us about some dreams that she has. And I just thought, this is awesome, man, just being interested in her life. And I wasn't just doing it because I thought, well, this is what God wants me to do. Like, I truly, I truly was interested and because God's grace has changed me in that area. And so he, because I've spent so much time receiving his love for me now, instead of focusing on, I got to love God, I got to love God, I got to love God, I focus on how much he loves me. 
Well, what that does is that causes his love to flow out of me to others. And so we were just sitting there listening to her, and I didn't do it for this purpose, but right about maybe three-fourths of the way through the conversation, the Holy Spirit just spoke to my heart. As I was listening, you need to give her one of your books. And that, so I, and then I just felt like I was supposed to bring my audio book and book into the house and just, just tell her, I would like to bless you with one of these. Which one would you prefer? So she wanted the audio book. She said, yeah, I would love that audio book. I like audio books. It's just easier for me to listen, which it is. For some people, they prefer audio or reading. And I was just like, thank you, God. That is so awesome. So that's going to bless her. But now I wouldn't have been able to do that if I would have went with my plan. See? And so that was just effortless. And he had me covered. He's helping me up here to communicate, you know. And uh, so God is so good. The spirit-led life is amazing. It's like an adve- I mean, to me, it's just an adventure. It's about what do you want me to do today, God? <laughs> and I mean, I just love it. I just absolutely love it. And so I, that just thrilled me to be able to do that. God's good. And then I prayed for her, and I believe she's going to be blessed by that. She's a sweet lady. So, okay, now let's go to the next scripture we'll be going to will be Romans eleven six in just a minute. So what is grace? Grace is God's undeserved, unmerited, unearned favor. When we receive God's grace by faith, it produces his divine empowerment in our lives. So I looked up unmerited, and I just looked up synonyms for unmerited today on the way here. And the word unmerited means not deserved. So you don't We don't get God's grace because we deserve it. Not earned. We don't get it because we earn it. Not warranted. Okay? And uh, that's what makes it so beautiful and so relaxing. It's because the way I was living my life, and I know many, many Christians are doing this, the way I was living my life before God's grace invaded my life and changed it forever was what can I do I need to do more for you, God. I need to work for you. I need to be a better person. I need to get my list done every day. You're mad at me if I make a mistake. Oh, my goodness. I mean, I was so afraid of God. And just want to say this. I probably say this in every one of my messages. What I believe was at the base of all my problems was I saw God all wrong. I thought he was someone who was standing over me just waiting to beat me over the head every time I made a mistake. But that is not who he is. So I will be telling people for the rest of my life what God is really like, his true nature of love and goodness. He's such a good, good father. And so now I'm not afraid. I'm not, I mean, I'm not afraid at all. I don't, I know he's not disappointed in me. Even when I make a mistake, he's not disappointed in me. He loves me. I'm his child. And he helps me when I receive that. Because see, when I receive his grace, even when I make a mistake, which I do, absolutely, Let me think, what would be the last one I did? (laughs) Let's just say I got frustrated with my kids, okay? I used to have a really bad anger problem, and God's grace has helped me overcome that, but it doesn't mean that I never get angry. So let's just say I got frustrated with my twin girls. Well, I get frustrated, and I talk to them in a less than desirable manner, one that I know that God would not want me to. It's not not that grace um, makes you, really, if you're truly under grace, it doesn't do this. But it's not that I would, I never, under grace, I don't go, oh, I can do whatever I want. I'm under grace. But see, some people are afraid that 
people who get taught grace, that that's going to do that to them. It's going to make them think, I have a license to sin. I can do whatever I want. If somebody's doing that, they're not under true grace. They don't even, I mean, they don't understand grace is what I'm saying. They don't truly understand grace. Do you know that grace is a person and his name is Jesus? He is God's grace personified. So when we are receiving the fullness of grace, we are receiving from Jesus, okay? And so when I, if I speak to my girls in a less than desirable manner, that's something that's, that's wrong. It's, I, I would not say that that's, well, that's okay. I can do whatever I want. No, that's wrong. He wants us to talk to our kids with respect, and he wants our kids to talk to us with respect. And, um, and if I do that, then I just, instead of getting down on myself, oh, my gosh, Sandra, when are you ever going to get it right? You always do this. You're probably scarring them for life, you know? I mean, that's the kind of stuff I used to think. And then I would just get under guilt and condemnation. I mean, just buried under guilt and condemnation. And then what I would do is go into, once I'd get out from under that, I'd go into, okay, I'm going to try harder, and I'm going to be better. I mean, it was just this cycle that never ended, and it always ended up in the same place. Just me just feeling like a failure. That's what it would end up as. But now what I do is I just turn to Jesus, and I say, man, I know I, I, that is not something that you want me to do. And I do apologize to my kids, ask for forgiveness. And what I do is I receive the forgiveness that is already mine in Christ Jesus. Like I just receive it afresh. Okay, because he has forgiven us. And that's, I have all the scriptural backing for that in my book. That is one of the scariest things to people when they're coming into grace is, really? We're forgiven for all of our sins, past, present, and future? But we are. We are. God, Jesus, because of what Jesus has did, our sins are wiped away. And I have that in my book, how I learned about that and how Steve and I, that just changed like our whole perspective on even how we repented. We do repent, but we were like, like repenting, like, oh, uh, in like the wrong way. It really even wasn't true repentance. God, it was just like feeling bad about ourselves, basically. And you know what? It never helped us. It wasn't even true repentance, so it, it didn't even help us, you know, do anything. And so now, though, what we do is we change our mind, which is what to repent means, right? And we stop believing the lie we were believing that got us into that trouble in the first place. Is what lie was I believing to get frustrated with my girls? Something that I wasn't trusting God in, you know. There was something that I wasn't trusting him in that I was believing that caused me. But you know what? It's okay. No guilt and condemnation. We're dishonoring the work that Jesus finished when we get under guilt and condemnation. I remember the day God told me that. I mean, he just spoke that to my heart, and I was just like, oh, I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to dishonor what Jesus did for me. Because really, I was trying to add to what he did for me by living under guilt and condemnation. So I don't, I hardly ever mess with guilt and condemnation anymore. So if I do that, I mean, I, you know what, I couldn't take responsibility for my actions before because I already felt so bad about myself. That's another big thing that's changing me. I can quickly take responsibility when I do something wrong and say, oh, you're right, girls. I, I should not have treated you like that. I apologize. Please forgive me. And it does not make me feel bad at all. Because I know that my, again, my security, my identity is not in 
being perfect in my actions like it used to be. And so then, then, I, can just, then I can just apologize to them and just turn to Jesus and say, thank you, Jesus, that you still love me, that I'm still righteous in you, that I'm forgiven for what I just did. And I mean, that just changes you. Can you, I mean, just think about what I just said. Would that, if a person's really doing that, because this is how I live, would that make you want to go off and sin, you know? Would it make you just want to sin more? It, it doesn't. It doesn't. It makes you, oh, you are so awesome, God. I mean, it just makes you so in love with Jesus that you then end up, you actually end up sinning less. <laughs> and you end up living in victory more often because it's Jesus-focused instead of self-focused, you know? And so that's a life. It's just, it's just effortless when we live under God's grace, so. Okay, let's go to Romans eleven six, and Okay, so it's there. Okay, and since it is by grace, it can't be a matter of their good works. Otherwise, it wouldn't be a gift of grace, but earned by human effort. And that's the Passion Translation. So um, let's go ahead and go to the Amplified Version, too. Oh, it's right in front of me. <laughs> I just saw that. That's hilarious. Okay, so now can we go to the pa uh, Amplified Version? of 11.6. Did I give you guys that? Maybe I didn't. You know what? If I didn't, it's totally me. Okay, here we go. Um, so Romans 11.6 in the Amplified says, but if it is by grace, his unmerited favor and graciousness, it is no longer conditioned on works or anything men have done. Otherwise, grace would no longer be grace. It would be meaningless. So I just want to give you a statement. Grace and works or self-efforts are mutually exclusive, okay? Now, when you live under grace, it will produce good works. It will actually lead you to do good works. But the thing is that I had it all, it just had it totally flipped before in my life to where I was just trying to do all these good works so I could be pleasing to God. Now, living under grace, like what's one aspect of it? Knowing that I'm pleasing to God just because I'm his child. That's receiving his grace, see? Whether I do right or whether I do wrong now, you've got to keep receiving God's grace even on your bad days. Because if, if we're only receiving it on our good days, that's not even really receiving grace. Because remember, it's his unmerited favor. And so we've got to stay under that waterfall. I mean, I just have this picture in my mind of me just under this waterfall of God's grace. And I mean, when I have a bad day and I have them or a bad moment, you know, where I just, you know, don't make the right decision. I mean, in fact, let me tell you a story. <laughs> um, a few months ago, maybe three or four months ago, um, well, I do these Facebook Lives, and, and then um, I have another camera that I use called the Mevo camera that I use. And I use my phone for the Facebook Lives, and I use the Mevo camera. Well, the Mevo camera has given me some problems. Not worked the way it's supposed to sometimes. And there's this, because Steve and I are doing this together, we have a ministry named Freedom Living Ministries, but we're doing this just me and him. We don't have any staff. It's like a two-man show, right? <laughs> it's really pretty funny. And so I have this big checklist I'm supposed to check when I use my camera and stuff. Well, one day about, I guess it was three, maybe four months ago, um, I my Mevo camera uh, did not work right. We set it up wrong. Even though we had a checklist, we did something wrong. And it recorded my stomach and not my face. 
And, and Steve, this was not the first time things have gone wrong. So Steve called me, and I was actually just had just pulled into the garage. Steve called me and said, I hate to tell you this. I want to get that good, it, the Mevo gives you really good footage, good quality footage that I could use other places. So I figure if I'm going to do a video, get, get it for other things. And uh, he's, he's like, you're not going to be happy to hear this, but the Mevo didn't work. And uh, I knew I had a choice to make. And I did not make the right choice that day. <laughs> and I was not receiving God's grace, right? What happened is I started believing a lie. Right then, I believed a lie. I'm a failure. I can't do this ministry. I'm never going to get this Mevo camera right. I'm stupid. That, those are the lies that I started believing. And I know you know what I'm talking about because the devil tempts us all to believe lies. And uh, so I was, I actually screamed in the car. I mean, like, screamed loud enough that my one of my twin daughters, they're 15, Angel, she stuck her head out of the garage door and said, are you okay? And I'm like, like I don't want to talk right now. So I go inside, and I mean, I still could have made a choice at this point to turn from that lie, repent, and believe the good news that it's okay and accept it, but I didn't. So I went inside, and I cussed, not once. Not twice. <laughs> Whoa, my gosh. I mean, I was so mad. Man, I was mad. I mean, I said, I am going to throw that Mevo camera through the window. I mean, I was so mad, guys. And I mean, I did. I cussed like three or four times. And uh, my twin girls told me later, they said, we thought that was just hysterical. They went upstairs. They're trying to not laugh because I was acting like a crazy nut, you know. And, um, and they thought, because in the past, there's been times when, like, if they laugh when I'm doing something like that, I'm like, girl, stop it, you know. But I didn't. I mean, I actually later, it didn't take me long. And I, I mean, I totally realized what I had done, obviously. I took responsibility for it, apologized to them, didn't feel guilty, turned back to Jesus, and guess what? I haven't cussed since. Woo! That's how grace works. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's how grace works. And here's the thing. Say that, I mean, I, I don't have a habit of cussing anyway, but I'm just saying there have been, there have been probably three or four other times since that happened when things have happened that have made me mad and I wanted to cuss, but I didn't. I mean, I, I was tempted to cuss, I mean, but I didn't want to because I received grace that day. Now, does that mean that's the last time I'll ever cuss? I'm not going to promise you that, but if I do, if I do, I'm staying under the waterfall of his grace because it makes you a better person. We don't have to make ourselves better. God's grace makes us better. God's grace is what helps us to go from glory to glory to glory to glory. Okay? Ah, so, so grace and works are mutually exclusive. And I'm telling you what, when you live under grace, you'll both work for God and you'll do good works. I mean, you just will. It's just, it's just like that with that lady this morning, it was in my heart just to listen to her. It's not because I'm a great person. I'm great. I mean, I'm, I'm good in Jesus. But I mean, in my own self, I would have just gone my own way. But it's because of God's grace. Okay? All right. So, I'm going to tell you a few more stories. I don't even know how, when I started. You want to tell me when I started? I, so I don't, I don't want to go over or anything. <laughs> how long have I been preaching? He said, I don't know. Okay, well, you're in trouble. No, just kidding. That won't be too much longer. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm talking about the effortless life, right? I mean, under grace. Well, 
before I came into a revelation of grace back in 2012, I would just love vacations. And I still really enjoy vacations. I love planning vacations. We just love taking family vacations. We've gone without things, you know, certain, you know, like rooms of furniture in our house and stuff because we would rather spend the money on vacations. And um, that's fine. That's what we're doing. We, we love that. We want to invest in that. And we know our girls love that. But before I came into Grace, I loved vacations. But the reason I did is because I wouldn't rest any other time. I spent the rest of my life, and those who were there last night know what I'm talking about, working my head off. I mean, I just work, 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 work. I went on a farm tour the other day here. I mean, they, they heard me. I was just like, this is awesome. This is so much fun. I'm enjoying this so much. I was, I was petting cows. I pet my first cow. That was so awesome. And uh, I was just having the best time. And, and I'm not making this stuff up. I was, I was truly enjoying it. But see, I remember when I wouldn't have been able to enjoy something like that because my whole life was my nose stuck to my to-do list because I thought I had to work to please God and I had to work to be uh, to put forth this persona of other people like because I had to accomplish so I looked like I was you know successful in front of other people but I don't need that anymore and so now I just I love to look back and I'm constantly looking back and which is why I believe I'm I'm just such I'm just so thankful for how God's changed my life and I'm, I'm never going to stop being thankful I just know I'm never going to get over what he's done for me and so we're getting ready to go on a vacation. We're actually taking our girls to Disney World for a sweet 16 birthday trip. And they each get to, to um, bring a friend, and they're so excited because they, they ask, can we each bring a friend? So God worked it out financially and everything. And so we're doing that. But, um, and I'm really excited about it. I'm super excited. But, like, if the vacation would fall through for some reason, which I don't expect that to happen, it wouldn't change me because I'm not going on vacation to rest. I live a life of rest now. My whole life is a rest. Now, does that mean, like I said in the beginning, it doesn't mean I never I choose wrong <laughs> and choose not to receive his grace, but I'm, so, I'm choosing to receive his grace way, way more than I don't, more often than I don't. And so I live a life of rest, and I just love it. This is, I mean, I want this for every Christian. I really do. A lady told me last night, she said, she said, I read, I, I got your book, and I stayed up all night long and read it. Like, one in one night, she read the whole thing. <laughs> I was like, wow, you're a fast reader, first of all. But I said, you know what, I understand. She was getting, she was getting the download of the revelation of grace. It made me so happy to hear that story. But I said, I know exactly what you're talking about. Because in the first year of my grace journey, I started reading, I know God led me to it, Joseph Prince's book, unmerited favor, and I said, I stayed, I, first of all, we were homeschooling at that time, which we are now again, and um, I said to the girls, homeschool is canceled for the week. <laughs> I, I mean, I could not put the book down because I was getting, I was learning, I live in a new covenant? What? How did I miss that? And Because uh, that was part of my problem, was I was living that old covenant mentality of do good, get good, do bad, get bad. And so I stayed up all night. I remember two different nights that week. I stayed up all night long out on my screened-in porch and read that book. It was July of 2012. And I mean, I was like, how in the world did I miss this? <laughs> and uh, so I just get so excited. I get so excited when people 
when I see that they're getting it because I know how their life is going to change. So aren't you blessed to go to a church where they preach grace, where they preach Jesus? Oh, my gosh. Thank God. You're so, you're so blessed. Okay, let me read you this. Wouldn't it be a great feeling to know that regardless of how much you do or don't accomplish on any given day, how many compliments you do or don't get, how many people do or don't understand you, how many people accept or reject you, how much money you do or don't have, what the scale does or doesn't display, if you get the promotion you want or not, how clear your complexion is or is not, how good your hair does or doesn't look, if your kids do everything they should or not, how perf perfect your circumstances are or not, and on and on I could go. Wouldn't it be great, a great feeling to know that regardless of any of that, your place of significance is in Christ and not any of those other things. Therefore, you can rest in him. Amen? Amen. Let's read just a few more scriptures, and then I'll be done. Okay, let's go to, okay, Hebrews 10, 12, please. Thank you. Thank you back there, you awesome people. You know what? Well, I mean, I'm, I'm sure it doesn't happen in this church, but I've seen it happen sometimes where the sound man, I mean, they never get thanked for anything they do right, but they get, <laughs> they get in trouble for whatever they do wrong. That's not, that's not right. That shouldn't happen. Okay, Hebrews 10, 12. But when, no, wait, say that again. <laughs> Did they say something? Say it again. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Hebrews tw 10, 12. But when this priest, Jesus, when this priest, our high priest Jesus, had offered the one sacrifice for sin for all time. See, you're forgiven for all of your sin. He offered the sacrifice for sin for, one, all, for all time. He sat down on a throne at the right hand of God. I mean, I was just focusing and meditating on that phrase, he sat down, like a month ago, right, Steve? And I came to Steve, I'm like, Steve, he sat down. Like he wouldn't have sat down <laughs> unless the work was finished. He sat, that, that says a lot, that he sat down, okay? Uh, Ephesians 2, 6, not only did he sit down, though, there's more good news. Ephesians 2, 6. Okay, thank you so much. He raised us up with, he, here's what happened. He sat down and he raised us up with Christ, the exalted one, and we ascended with him into the glorious perfection and authority of the heavenly realm. For we are now co-seated as one with Christ. Man, that is so powerful. So we are co-seated. We are in that place of rest. You know what it is about? It's us remembering that that's who we are, and we have been co-seated with him. It's just like instead of trying to die to the flesh, if you're having a problem with your flesh, it's, it's about remembering that you are already dead. You are actually dead. Romans, I think it's Romans 6, talks about that, how we have died with Christ. We have been co-crucified with him. Well, we've also been co-seated with him. So when we're frustrated when we're going through circumstances because I know planet earth can come at you and I got that from my pastor he says that all the time planet earth comes at us right but when it when it does we can remember no I've been co-seated with Christ I can rest in him I can trust in him 
I can let him lead me and guide me in anything that I need to do and let him help solve my problems. And, and he does. He really does. I've, I've been doing this for a long time, and the seven years that I've been under grace, I've just seen one miracle after another after another in my life as I've trusted in him. So let's go to Hebrews 4, 14 through 16. This will be our last scripture. Okay. Okay. So then, we must cling in faith to all we know to be true, for we have a magnificent king. It's all about being focused on Jesus. That's my job in Fort Wayne this weekend. I did a blog, uh, Facebook post the other day that said it's not my job. Or no, it said, he, I said, I'm not going to Fort Wayne to tell people my opinion or what I think. I'm going there to point them to Jesus. I said, because my opinion can't change anyone. But Jesus can change people because he's the way, the truth, and the life. So I just love the scriptures, and I don't know if I'll end up getting my grace glasses out. We'll see here in a minute. But I just see Jesus in the Bible so much now. So then we must cling in faith to all we know to be true, for we have a magnificent king priest, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who rose into the heavenly realm for us and now sympathizes with us in our fertility. Frailty, I'm sorry, frailty. He understands humanity. He understands you. He understands me. That's, that's, that's huge right there because... How many times do we feel sometimes like nobody understands what I'm going through? But Jesus, he does. He understands. He understands humanity. For as a man, our magnificent king priest was tempted in every way just as we are and conquered sin. So now we come freely and boldly to where love is enthroned, to receive mercy's kiss and discover the grace we urgently need to strengthen us in our time of weakness. Hebrews 4, 14 through 16. Boy, isn't that a beautiful set of verses? It's about just going to Jesus. Like I said, it's not complicated. We complicated the Christian life to the hilt. I mean, it was ridiculous. And when I remember when, it was, when I read that book by Pastor Joseph Prince, Steve and I looked at each other and we're like, we have complicated the Christian life. This is so simple. Jesus did it all. He paid the price we received from him. Everything flows out of that relationship then. It is just amazing. So I have a question to ask you. Is a life lived under grace effortless or not? Yes, it is. You can put that up there if you have that. And if you don't, it's okay. No problem. I said, when I asked that question, you can put yes, it is up on the screen. It's okay, though. <laughs> it's okay. It's probably just a miscommunication. Yeah, there it is. 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 And if we're not living in rest, then we know. And it's, but there's no guilt and condemnation. See, that's my alarm that sounds now in my head that goes, eh, 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 eh. If I'm frustrated or I'm out of rest, that's my alarm that sounds that says, Sandra, just get back into a place of receiving grace, receiving help from Jesus, and it's just like coming to him as a little child, and I mean, I, I know people want to make it more complicated, and I think it's even a little bit hard until people come to the end of themselves on a person's flesh to just 
be like a little child and just receive from Jesus. Because maybe they think that's, well, no, I mean, I got to do, I got to do, I got to do. But once you come to the end of yourself, it's like, nope, I can't do it. I mean, that's why I came. At the end of 2011, I was like, I can't do this. Like, I either have to quit Christianity or I don't know what I'm going to do because I cannot live the Christian life, okay? But what I found out is I can't, that's right, I can't live the Christian life. But Jesus is the only one, actually, that can live the Christian life. And it's his life flowing in me and through me, in everything, in and through. By Christ, through Christ, in Christ alone. God bless. Mm -hmm.